Well, you can turn in your Bible this morning to Proverbs, Proverbs 27. Uh, we're not going to get it to our text for quite some time. In fact, that's going to kind of be the last thing that we look at this morning. Delayed. You ever heard that? That's probably the, that's probably the term that, that people hate the most in air travel, you know? That, you know, I don't know how much you travel, but, you know, just these bright yellow letters, delayed, you know, and now you're thinking all these things going through your mind. Am I going to make it to where I'm going on time, you know? Is it going to get canceled? What's, what's going on that caused it to be delayed, you know? Is it something with the plane that I need to be worried about? Is it something with the weather that I need to be worried about? Or, or what, you know, lots of different things. And, uh, you know, you ever been around people that are on the same flight as you are? And, you know, usually I'm pretty patient with those kind of things, but most people aren't. You know, they start hollering at the, at the booking agent and, you know, want, demanding to know why everything's going the way that it's going. What's the problem with this? Why is this happening? And, you know, um, uh, you know, but it's, it's, never, it's never a joyous thing or a fun thing to be delayed, you know. Uh, there's a lots of times in life when we hit delays, uh, things that come up that make us wonder what the next step is. Where do you go from here? Um, it makes us second guess everything that we've done up to that point and maybe even, you know, the choices that we have that are facing us. What, what do I do? Where do I turn? What is the next step that I should take? And we face those delays in life. Maybe you're living through one of those delays in life right now. Uh, and you might be in a holding pattern, you know, just, just kind of wondering what your next step should be. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the delays of life, the delays of life. What happens when we find ourselves in a place where we're being delayed and what we should be doing while we are waiting during that delay. Let's pray and then we'll look at some thoughts this morning. Father, we love you again. We thank you for the time that you allow us to spend together here. Pray that you would give us something from your word this morning that will help us in our lives. Thank you for what you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. The first thing is this. Nothing is sure. Nothing is sure. Proverbs chapter 27, you're probably right there. Verse number one makes that very clear. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. The second you start thinking you've got everything under control, the second you start thinking, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day and the next day. You ever seen uh, It's a Wonderful Life? Uh, we watch that. We watch that. Uh, Pretty much every thanks, uh, I mean every uh, Christmas Eve, you know, going into Christmas Day. That's just kind of a tradition, and, and uh, um, whatever I forget his character name, but Jimmy Stewart, you know, he says, "I know what I'm going to do tomorrow, and the next day, and the next ten years. I've, you know, I've got everything planned out." And what happened? Everything fell apart underneath of him, and the things that he had planned for tomorrow, and the next day, and the next day, and the next day, didn't pan out the way that he thought they were going to. And honestly, that's the way that it works in life a lot of times, right? And that's exactly what the Bible says. Boast not thyself of tomorrow. You don't know what a day may bring forth. You know, you think about, about things that happen in people's life that just completely transform their life. And they woke up that morning and they just continued on with their daily routine as if everything was going to continue on the same way that it always had. And then something happens that just dramatically changes their life. Boast not thyself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. That's what he says in Proverbs. Uh, doesn't it seem like the moment we feel like we have everything figured out, something comes up that makes you question if you're even facing in the right direction? You know, that's the way that life hits us sometimes. But nothing is sure. But we know this, and you could turn over to Psalm 31 if you want to. We'll be in Psalms a, a, a decent amount this morning. But Psalm 31 and verse 15, the Bible says this, My times are in thy hand. 
Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. See, nothing is sure, but we know this. Our times are in God's hands. Our times are in God's hands. The original time may have been what we planned, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was right. You know, you talk about air travel, and, and you had your flight scheduled at 7.02, and you're going to take off at 7.02, and things happen that delay that flight. Does not, you know, we have a lot of plans laid out, and just because things don't go according to our plans doesn't mean that, that everything is going wrong. Our times are in God's hands. The only sure thing is that God on the, God's on the throne and he's working his plan in our lives. Nothing is sure, but number two, anything could have happened. You think about that. It, it could always be worse, right? Um, when it comes to things like an airplane flight, a delay can become a cancellation. On-time departures, though, don't necessarily guarantee that you're going to be safe, right? Think about all the planes that have left on time that ended up crashing or that ended up, you know, things happened that just, you know, caused a, a huge disaster, uh, you know, and, and, and you think about this in your life a lot of times. How, how many stories have you heard or maybe even been a part of where you realized one second earlier and that would have been me in that crash, you know, or if I had left five minutes earlier, I, that could have been me, you know, in this, you know, 25 car pile up on the highway, or if I'd have left five minutes later, it could have been me. You, you just, you never know, right? And so sometimes when delays happen, any, anything could have happened. Thank God for what he gives you and what he keeps you from. But that, that thing that you may be so upset that you have to wait for just may be God keeping you from something worse. Right? We all, oh, well, God didn't answer my request. God didn't do the things that I wanted him to do. You know why? He's probably keeping you from something worse that would have happened in your life that you had no idea about. I think it's going to be so interesting when we get to heaven and see all the ways that God watched over us and protected us that we right now have no idea he protected us from. You know? You don't know. I mean, yeah, certainly you can see... <clears throat> You turn in front of somebody on accident and they barely miss you. Or you can see those kind of things. But how many times did you see that God kept you at a stoplight 30 seconds longer than what you thought you should have waited at that stoplight? And he kept you from pulling right in front of somebody at the next intersection. You have no, we have no idea of those kind of things. And all I'm saying is someday we're going to get to heaven and we're going to see all the delays and all the ways that God was moving us this way and that way and causing these things to happen to watch over us and to protect us that we never know until we get to heaven. But you might be upset about God not moving in answer to one of your prayers, but it may be God protecting you from that answer. That might not be the best thing for your life. And God's saying, no, 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 no. God, why? Why don't you answer my request? I'm protecting you from something that you have no idea that's about to happen in your life. You know, you might be frustrated that you aren't seeing the movement in, in a new job, or, but it could be God keeping you from stepping outside of his will. You have no idea how God is moving in your life necessarily. I've seen way too many things work out to be upset when God says no. Now, maybe you are in the same situation. Some of you, obviously, those that, that my brother and, and my sister and, and, and well, probably, probably just them. But, um, you know, maybe you were in the same boat as I was as a young person. But when I was in college, I dated a good Christian girl for probably about 10 months. And I thought everything was going great. You know, uh, we were, her dad was a pastor. And she was a good girl, still is a good girl. Married a, married a guy. They're involved in the church today and everything else. But just kind of out of the blue, all of a sudden, she broke up with me. And, I mean, maybe I missed all the signs. I don't know. Uh, but she broke up with me, and I was, I was devastated. You know, how, how in the world could this happen? And she kind of left the door open. You know, hey, I just need to take a break right now. You know, we need to see where this, you know, 
what, I want to make sure we're doing God's will for, for our lives and so on and whatever else. So she kind of left that door open. So I tell you, I can't tell you how many times I prayed that God would allow us to get back together. You know, God, please work this thing out. Please let this thing, you know, come together. Please let us get married, you know. Uh, and I began to pray that God work, would work things out so that we could get back together. And, and within a couple months, another guy had asked her out and she was dating somebody else. And I thought, how in the world could God do that to me? I hear I am praying and asking God, and, and I was not just, you know, I'm not out there living it up and doing all the things that people do most of the times today and things like that in relationships. We weren't doing that. I, I wanted to be right with God. I, my relationship with God was, for the most part, right. I, you know, we were trying to do what God's will was for our life. Here I am praying that God would work things out for me, and he, right in front of me, lets her go out and date some other guy, you know. And how in the world could God do that to me? Fast forward a few years, and now I'm married to the most wonderful woman that I could imagine being married to. Could you imagine what this church would be like without my wife here to play the piano, without her here doing the music, and, and just, just the way that God's just worked everything out for her to be and us to be together and to be in this church doing what God has called us to do. If God had answered my prayers, who knows where I would be right now? But I wouldn't be here, I can tell you that much. She's the one that brought me here to this place, right? I came to Virginia because I was following her. I, I became an assistant pastor because her dad happened to be a pastor. I became a pastor here because we lived in proximity to this area. I wouldn't be here this morning if God had answered my prayers the way that I wanted my prayers to be answered. Anything could happen. But God protects us from those things. And so sometimes God's delays are exactly what we need in our lives to get us to the point where he wants us to be so that we're not stepping outside of his will. Nothing is sure. Anything could have happened. But the third thing is this. Everything must be given to God. Everything must be given to God. Turn over to Philippians chapter 4. It's better to talk to God than to complain to others. I'll tell you what. And I don't mean this to sound disrespectful at all, but God is a great sounding board. You can take anything you want to take to God, and he'll listen. Sometimes people have to listen because there's no other option. You're there, and you're, you know, somebody is spilling everything to you, and so you have to listen. And, and, you know, and you try to listen with an open mind and an open heart, and you want to help them out where you can. But I tell you what, there's only one person that can do anything about it, really, and that's God. Everything has to be given to God. The Bible says this in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. Be careful for nothing. Now that's not saying go be reckless. Be careful for nothing means be anxious about nothing. Be worried about nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know what that verse means summed up in a couple words? Give everything to God. Take the things to him. Now, you can certainly ask for advice. You can ask for counsel. There's, there's a lot of wisdom in doing that. But the first place that we ought to go is to God. The first person that we ought to take things to is to him. Give everything to him. You come up on a difficult situation in your life where you're maybe in one of those places where it just feels like everything is being delayed. Take it to God. Put everything in his hands. 
We tend to be fixers, you know? Most of us see a problem, we wanna come up with a solution, and we wanna fix the problem and move on. But sometimes it doesn't work like that, you know? You can't just put a nail in it and keep going. That nail might not be what, is, what needs to fix it at that time, you know? It, it, wouldn't, it would be nice if life worked out like that, but most of the time it doesn't work like that. Turn over to Psalm 37. Psalm 37, boy, this is, this is a verse that to me has, has meant so much. Because there's so many times that we just, you know, we, we want things to be right. We want to fix things. But sometimes it's not going to be fixed until we put it into God's hands. Most of the time it's not going to be fixed until we put it into God's hands. Psalm 37 and verse 4 says this, Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. I think people misinterpret that verse a lot of times. You, you do what God wants you to do and he'll give you everything your heart desires. That's not what it's saying. You could, you could interpret it that way. I mean, I think God, you delight yourself in God. He will give you some of the things that you desire to have. But he says, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. You know what that means? You delight yourself in God and God gives you the desires you should have. You know what, I mean, how many times have you seen somebody get saved and, and their life starts to change and the things that they used to want to do, they don't even want to do those things anymore because God changes their desires. You know, God, God changed it. They used to have a desire to go do this and this and this and this and this and, and maybe not even bad things, but now God changes their, God gives them new desires. You delight yourself in the Lord and God will give the desires that you should have to your heart. That's what he's saying in this passage. But I think it's even more important if we continue on and look at verse number five. This is exactly what we're talking about. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. You want, you want help with your problems? You want help with the delay in life that you're going through right now? Put it in God's hands. Commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established, he says. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. He shall bring it to pass. Trusting him. That's what I'm talking about when I'm saying put it in God's hands. Trust him. Let him deal with the details, right? He's the one that's, that's guiding our lives and, 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 and moving our lives in the first place. Trust him with it. God, I'm facing this difficulty. I'm facing this problem. I don't know which way to turn. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to, to, to say. I don't know the direction that I should take. Here, you're guiding my life. It's your problem. Take care of it. And you know what? He wants to. That's what he tells us to do. Commit thy works unto the Lord. Trust also in him. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. See, God's not looking for us to solve all the problems in our life. He's looking for us to give it to him. That's what he wants us to do. Many times, that's why he allowed the problems and the delays to come in the first place. He wants us to throw everything on him. And we get so self-sufficient so many times that, well, everything's working because I'm doing everything right. You know, this business is, is, is just clicking on all cylinders because I'm doing You know what? And then God throws a wrench into your plans and into, your, in, into the way that you think everything ought to go. Why? He wants you to trust him, not your ability, not your, you know, <coughs> mental prowess or whatever. You know, I mean, and, and I'm not just anything, any, any area of our life that can happen. But he wants us to throw everything on him. We could spend a while talking about that because it's very easy to say, but much harder to do. You know, it's very easy to say, oh, just trust God. Just, just put everything in God's hands. And it, it, it should be that simple. But for most of us, it's not. 
because we want to fix it. We want, we want to do the thing that needs to be done to get this thing moving in the right direction. And certainly, God's not going to, you know, uh, uh, you don't just go sit on the couch and pretend like everything's just going to blow over. Yeah, we need to be working. We need to be moving. We need to be busy for God. We need to be doing things for him. But he expects us to just put it in his hands. Just give it over to him. The fourth thing is this. Nothing is sure. Anything could have happened. Everything must be given to God. Turn over to Romans chapter 8. You can know this. Something good will come of it. Something good will come of it. Very often delays are divine appointments. Look for them. We don't always know the reasons for the delays of life, but sometimes they're right in front of you. God allows things to happen so that you can be in a place where he wants you to be to accomplish something that he wants you to accomplish. How many times have you heard stories of people, and I don't fly very much, and so you know, I don't get opportunities to do this very often, but how many times have you heard where you know, maybe a flight, you missed your flight, and so you got put on the next flight, and the next thing you know, you're put next to somebody who finds out that you're a Christian and wants to know about Jesus Christ, and you're able to lead them to the Lord. That happens a lot, Right? Many times, God's delays are divine appointments. God is moving you into the position where he wants you to be so that he can use you in a way that only he can use you. Romans chapter 8 and verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good. A lot of people stop there. We know that all things work together for good. I was, I was, um, I, I was in a conference. I, um, I do a lot of this stuff with the chaplains. And... Um, uh, moving into this whole idea of peer support and suicide prevention and all of that kind of stuff among officers. By the way, suicide among officers, they're three times more likely to commit suicide than they are to be killed in the line of duty. It's a very big, it's a very big thing with, with officers because they, just, they see so much and they don't know where to turn. And so kind of focusing on, on a lot of that kind of stuff now and uh, being able to move in that direction. But I was in a conference, and it was, it was not run by Christians, but the, the organization was a Christian organization and so on. Anyway, one of the pastors got up there, and I won't even mention the denomination that he was from, but he was, he's a chaplain for uh, a different department and works in different ways with some of these things and, and so on. It's called VA Elite, Virginia Law Enforcement Assistance Program. And so I was, I was in this conference. It was a three-day conference, and, and he got up there near the end, and he was trying to give kind of like a, a spiritual talk. And he said, we know that all things work together for good. So everything's going to work out. Everything's going to work out. We know that all things work together for good. That's what the Bible says. And the only thing that went through my mind is you're missing the boat completely. It doesn't say that everything's going to work out together for good. Because you can't stop in the middle of a sentence. Look what it says. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. That's a verse for Christians, not for everybody in the rest of the world. We know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Everything's not going to work together for good for those who are not saved because God is trying to use those situations and all of this stuff that's happening in their lives to drive them to him. But for us, but for those who are saved, we can know that something good is going to come out of every situation that happens in our life because we know that all things work together for good to them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. Instead of seeing it as a hindrance, see it as an opportunity. We preach two things and, and more, but two things to our children. And if I got Jackson to come up here, he could tell you what they are. Life is not fair. Life is not fair. And what's the second part? 
Attitude is everything. Life's not fair. Life is not fair. You're going to face things where it just does not seem like I should be going through this. It does not seem like that should have happened to that person. It doesn't seem like this is the way that it should go. Life's not fair, but attitude is everything. The way that you see it determines. Somebody said this a long time ago. Your attitude determines your altitude. And that's so true. The way that you see things, we can see things through the eyes of, oh, poor me and all of this kind of stuff. Or we can see things through God's eyes and say, God's using this as an opportunity to get me to where he wants me to be. Yes, this is a delay in life, but God can use this as an opportunity to put me where he wants me to be so that I can go forward from him from here. If you would change your attitude, you'd change your outlook. We've got to look for the silver lining in why God allows this to happen. But we know this, something good will come of it. Know that he's always working things for your good and for his glory. And if you see it that way, then nothing is an inconvenience. Nothing is an inconvenience if you know that God is working things for your good. Now, here's the last thing. Nothing is sure. Anything could have happened. Everything must be given to God. Something good will come of it. Turn over to Psalm 40. One thing should be done, and that is this. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. A little boy was standing at the end of an escalator and the sales lady walked over to him and she said, son, are you lost? And he looked up at the lady and he said, no, ma'am, I'm just waiting for my chewing gum to come back. <laughs> and you know, a lot of times that's the way it is in life. We stand there and we're waiting. We're just waiting for everything to come back around. But wait on God. That's what he's expecting us to do. Psalm 40, verse 1. I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Waiting may not always be fun. In fact, most of the time it's not. Nobody likes to sit and wait, right? You get in line at the DMV. No, it's not fun, is it? Stand in line behind somebody that's got three carts full of stuff in the supermarket, right? It's not fun. Waiting is not fun. But it's rewarding when we're waiting on the Lord. David says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and he heard my cry. Many times, that's exactly what it is. It's a cry out to God. God, I don't know where to turn. I don't know what to do. He's saying, just wait. Just wait. You're in a delay right now. But if you wait patiently on me, I'm working it out for your good. Turn over to Psalm 27. This is, this is our, our text this morning. I told you we were going to get to it at the end. But we get to the point where many times, God, why am I in this situation? Where are you? Why am I not hearing from you? Psalm 27 and verse 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Don't give up hope. Keep, keep walking forward keep waiting on him keep trusting in him keep serving for him keep living for him that's the way that you get through those periods in life when you're in a delay god will show you what to do as you look to him now waiting doesn't mean inaction doesn't mean just sit around and well god tells me to wait patiently for him i had fainted unless i believed to see the goodness of the lord wait on the lord so i'm just going to sit here and do nothing no that's not what he's talking about in fact g campbell morgan a, a, a great preacher of the past said this waiting for god is not laziness Waiting for not, God is not going to sleep. Waiting for God is not the abandonment of effort. 
Waiting for God means first, activity under command. Second, readiness for any new command that may come. Third, the ability to do nothing until the command is given. And I tell it, that's where we make the mistake so often. You know, and, 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 and if you go back and look at military history, and I don't have a specific example, but you see that happen quite a bit. They're waiting, they're encamped out, and, and the soldiers are getting restless, and so the commander feels like they've got to do something, and so, all right, well, so we can move, let's go do this. And they go and they make a move, and it's the wrong move. If they had just waited a little bit longer, then they would have had a great victory, but they stepped out in front of that timing when they should have gone. And I know that's completely physical, but on the spiritual side of things, we do the same thing. Why is nothing happening? God's not moving. Well, I've got to go make something happen. I've got to go move. I, would say, I, I need to do something, right? No, wait on the Lord. So many times what happens in our Christians, Christian lives is we step out in front of God. We step out in front of his timing. Somebody said this a long time ago. I, I heard this, I think, probably when I was in, in junior high school, probably, and it always stuck with me. God may be slow, but he's always on time. God may be slow, but he's always on time. You know what that means? It means that God doesn't always work in the timing that I think he should work in. God doesn't always move when I feel like he should move. But God's not going to be one second late. He's not going to come up short. You know what he's waiting for us to do? Wait patiently for him. Wait patiently for him. Just trust in him. Waiting's not easy. It's not usually fun. It takes us out of our comfort zone. But it gets us to where God wants us to be. I won't even have you turn over there because I know you know the verse well probably. Isaiah 40 and verse 31. What does it say? But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But where does it start? But they that wait upon the Lord. Michael Jordan, and if you disagree with me, you're wrong. <laughs> Michael Jordan's probably the best player that the NBA has ever seen. See? I'll get him to say amen. But Michael Jordan, you know, he gave, he, he said this. He, he gave this, this, I guess you could call it a very insightful look into the incredible success that he had throughout his career as an NBA player. These are his words. I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. You know, we want to be successful. But what happens so many times is that we often think that we have to go out and make it happen. We have to go out and be successful. And I know Michael Jordan. I mean, he doesn't even claim to be a Christian and all of those things. And he's, I mean, he's not looking at this from a Christian perspective at all. But God is just looking to get us to a point where we're waiting on him, where we're trusting in him, where we're resting in him. You don't have to go out and make yourself a success. You're already successful if you're waiting on God. If you're letting him make that next move in your life. If you're letting him direct your steps. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Isn't that what it says in Proverbs chapter 3? We don't have to go out and make ourselves successful. Are we going to fail? 
Yes. Are we going to make mistakes? Yes. But we're going to go through those delays in life sometimes where it makes us really uncomfortable because nobody likes to be delayed. Everybody wants to be moving forward. Everybody, we're so busy. Everybody wants to be going forward. So the next time you find yourself delayed, you need to pause and consider the one who's always on time. He's got everything under control. Nothing is sure. Anything could have happened. Everything must be given to God. Something good's going to come of it. But it all happens when we patiently wait on the Lord. Let him move you. Let him tell you what the next step is. We don't have to go out and make it happen. We'll be success. We'll be successful for the Lord when we patiently wait on him. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for being the Father to us that we need, for being the God to us that we need, for directing our steps when we need somebody to direct our steps. And that's always. I pray that you'd help us to get into the position where we're willing to trust you. I pray that you'd help us to get into the position where we're willing to patiently wait for you. I pray that you'd help us to get into the position where we're willing to commit our way unto you, trust in you. I don't know exactly what everybody's going through in their lives right now, but you do. And you know why they're going through it. That's a question that we can usually never answer, why? But you can. And you know what you're doing. And I pray that you'd help us to trust you. For those that might not be in a delay right now, there's a delay coming tomorrow. And I pray that you'd help us to remember these things when we get into a point where things are not going exactly the way that we expected them or wanted them to go. And that when we get to that point, we'd be willing to trust you in the same way. Thank you for what you do for us in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would, stand at your seats with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. This may be a message that you need right now. It may be a message that's kind of a preventative maintenance type thing. But someday, we're all going to be in that position. Someday, sometime, maybe you just came out of a, a situation like that. Maybe you're in it right now. If you didn't just come out and you're not in it right now, then you're probably getting ready to go through one. God does that for a reason. It's not because he's trying to make our life miserable or trying to make our life hard. It's because he's trying to move us to where he wants us to be. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Isn't that why he moves us in the directions that he moves us? So let him work. Wait patiently on the Lord. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. As the piano plays, the invitation is open. You can come.